Ancient Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu adds this thought, do the difficult things while they are easy and do the great things while they are small. A journey of a thousand miles must begin with a single step. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Hello and welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. I'm so happy to be back with you today here in our beautiful series, Becoming Stronger Every Day, which is titled after my brand new book, which is just fresh and hot off the press and in bookstores everywhere, Stronger Every Day, Nine Tools for an Emotionally Healthy You. Now, I am not one who enjoys any kind of, oh, you know, self-promotion, but I want you to have this book in your hands. Oh, how I want you to own it, possess it, and have these nine strategic tools in your emotional health toolbox. I am preparing uh, for our upcoming book club. You're going to be hearing a lot more about it, so get your book now so that you have it and it's ready to go when it's time to start our book club. This series, Becoming Stronger Every Day, I wanted to dedicate to like the pregame show. I wanted to set some foundational truths in place, things that perhaps came to me post the final edit of this book before it hit the, the final press, and I've since learned. I just continue to learn. That's my motto in life is Ankara Ampara, always learning, always growing, always listening, always learning, listening for fresh insights. And so I've learned so much, even in the short time since I penned the 60,000 plus words that are inside this book. And I wanted to give us that really strong foundation so that when we do begin to dig into Stronger Every Day, the book, that we will know that these are the things that we're going to need. One, we knew we were going to need emotional rest. So I brought on board my friend and the wise, wise doctor, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. And we did a beautiful episode on rest. Oh, I've heard from so many of you. And please just keep talking to me. Keep leaving a review if you would. It just helps so much. And let me know what you're thinking about this podcast. Today's kind of a day just to exhale before we dig in again catch our breath and review because I'm a teacher, so I have to review. We also then had the lovely, wise, beautiful Dr. Christy Gautier, and she shared with us from her new book, Journey of the Soul, that she co-authored with her husband, but we just had Christy on All By Her Lonesome, and that was just such a beautiful, beautiful conversation that I've gone back and listened to several times, taken some notes. I have the book. I have the workbook, and I'm really, really revisiting it. I've, in fact, revisited Sacred Rest as well by Dr. Sandra because I've just needed that, and I've needed joy in my soul from this past global 
pandemic year, and now we're coming out of this pandemic, hopefully, but still there are so many variables that I'm dealing with a lot of anxiety and stress over whether or not to get the vaccine, whether or not da-da-da-da-da, you fill it in for yourself. I know that I have got some heightened anxiety over some decisions that have to be made. And then this past week, we brought on Dale Cryenkamp with Becoming Stronger Every Day Through Transitions. And boy, please know that I've heard you. And transition, as I said in the podcast, is one of the most difficult seasons of our lives. And transitions come in a million different forms and fashions. Some have said, I've lost my husband and my son, and I've had a terrible diagnosis. Some are like, oh my gosh, I'm transitioning now back to teaching in classrooms, and it's March, and I feel like it should be September, and it's all backwards, because here in the state of Virginia, our, and especially in my city, my county, children just went back to school two days a week. So they've been home since September, so that just will mess with your brain. So we've been talking about a lot of different foundational truths that will help us along our emotional journey, our pilgrimage through healing our hearts. And so another thing we mentioned was resilience, that we need to understand spiritual resilience, what it means to bounce back from really difficult situations with a greater knowledge of God. And today, I wanted to just quickly, quickly just kind of hone in and talk a little bit more about silence and how critical and important silence and solitude are for the journey into the interior of our lives. And I just got off a beautiful webinar, I guess you would call it, or just a seminar, I'm not sure, just a conversation. And I was listening to Ruth Haley Barton, author of Invitation to Solitude and Silence, Experiencing God's Transforming Presence. And boy, do I sure hope that one day we can have Ruth Haley Barton on our podcast here and have a conversation with her. So today, as we are continuing our preparation for our journey into the interior of our lives, our soul, our hearts, our minds, as we move forward into the Stronger Everyday Book Club, our deep dive into these nine tools, I wanted to open up a small conversation on the beautiful trinity of contemplative practices that I have been trying and working towards and practicing in my own life for decades. Stillness, silence, and solitude. They are so needed for a heart pilgrimage. And so I had to turn to Ruth Haley Barton because she is masterful, she is remarkable, insightful, and has so much wisdom to offer us. She herself began this journey almost two decades ago in a very similar manner to my own when she had really small children under her feet at home. She felt that whisper that I love to say is God's voice begin to call her away from all of her human doing her human activity, 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 into more of her spiritual human beingness. And so I just wanted to read a short excerpt from Ruth Haley, and we'll come back to her. And like I said, man, I hope she will be on our podcast. She writes in her book, Invitation to Solitude and Silence, the decision is to release the world and your fate, including your reputation and success. 
into the hands of God. This is not a decision to not act at all, though in some situations it may come to that. It is rather a decision concerning how you will act. You will act in dependence on God. You will not take charge of outcomes. Boy, I'm going to lean in here and add my own two cents (laughs) because this is where I'm living. I'm always honest with you. I try to be vulnerable. When I read this again today, because I've read this book before, but it's always timely, you will not take charge of outcomes. Having just recently published my book, man, I tell you, I heard early on in this journey before the book was published, I heard a whisper. I thought I heard God. You know, all I can do is say, I think I hear him. And I heard him say, Janelle, I'm going to do the heavy lifting here. Obey me. Just write. Just write. Do this. Put it down on paper. Do what I've asked you to do, and I will take care of the outcomes. Well, I've gone back to that this week because I'm constantly, constantly, constantly looking at numbers, looking at at a million things a day, checking my emails to see if I have media, you know, media opportunities. There you go. I'll get it out. That's just where I'm living right now. Where are you living? Where do you think that you're in charge of outcomes? Where do you think you're in charge of things? Because I don't know about you, but when I think I'm in charge of the outcomes, then I go to a a shadow place. I go to a, a difficult place. I start comparing myself unwisely with others. I start getting jealous. Envy rears its green monster head. I get discontent. And that brings on serious fatigue in my life. And my body reacts. And I have been fighting an infection all week. I finally got medicine, so hopefully I'll be feeling better. But the body keeps the score. We know that in this community. So where are you expecting certain outcomes? You have your expectations fastened and anchored to some certain outcome. She continues, you will do your part, of course, but your part will always be chastened by a sense of who God is, not you. A decision to release the world and our fate to God runs contrary to everything within and around us. We have been had by a system of behavior that was here before we were and seeps into every pore of our being. Sin Paul tells us, was in the world even before the law came. It forms us internally and pressures us externally. And I I just want you to note here, sin, as we understand it, it's just missing the mark. It's getting our eyes off of the right thing. And the right thing is for me in my life, because I frame my life as a follower of Jesus, I frame my life by his word and following his word. And he tells me not to fix my eyes on anything but him. And when I fix my eyes on success, worldly success, or numbers, or media opportunities, or you fill in the blank for your own life, because I'm just talking from my where I'm at in my world right now, I'm going to be really disappointed and I'm going to be carrying around pressure that's not mine to carry. The pressure comes when I expect certain outcomes. And boy, that's really different than being intentional and setting intentions. So just take a moment, take some time to process that. She continues, hence we must learn to choose things that meet with God's actions of grace to break us out of the system. 
These things are the disciplines of life in the Spirit, well known from Christian history, but much avoided and misunderstood. For those who do not understand our desperate situation, these disciplines look strange or even harmful, but they are absolutely necessary for those who would find rest for their soul in God, to find rest for your soul in God. Solitude and silence are the most radical of the spiritual disciplines because they most directly attack the sources of human misery and wrongdoing. To be in solitude is to choose to do nothing for extensive periods of time. All accomplishment is given up. Silence is required to complete solitude, for until we enter quietness, the world still lays hold of us. When we go into solitude and silence, we stop making demands on God. It is enough. This is really hitting home. So it is enough that God is God and we are his. We learn we have a soul that God is here, that this world is my father's world. So in the little conference conversation that I listened to with Ruth Haley Barton today, she just once again outlined some very simple practices, practical ways to enter into this new practice of silence and solitude and stillness. I wrote a study years ago called 30 Minutes of Silence based off of Revelation 8.1, and I've talked about it here on the podcast before, and trying to create a sacred space in your home. For me, it was my master bedroom, a closet in my old house. Here, I have created a room I call the breathing room in my new house. And so, these practices, how can we set aside time in our very crazy COVID busy lives to begin practicing stillness, silence, and solitude? We can cut our technology off. Maybe she does it till 9 a.m. in the morning. Maybe we do it until 9 p.m. at night. We cut it off after 9 p.m. I have a little app on my phone that tells me it's time to cut your phone off, and then it cuts everything down. We can learn to have just that little sacred space in our house. It can be, trust me, when my kids were little, it was a lot of times just the bathroom. But she does offer, you know, just reclaim the idea of breath and breathing. Light a candle. I always love to do that. A non-scented, healthy candle that you can breathe in well. I also have a beautiful diffuser that I might use, but I do love the little candlelight. It just reminds me of the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And she encourages just starting by being quiet with your feet grounded, your feet on the ground, hands open on your thighs, you know, just open to receive, and you're just practicing being quiet. Yeah. And I encourage just to start with a minute or two. She suggested 10 And then you can enter into some kind of reading or journaling if you want, or maybe practicing just a a sacred word. For me, when I began, it was, God, you're all I need. You're all I need. Yes, you are all that I need. So we want to begin to implement, at least in a small way, the practice of stillness and solitude as we enter into our deeper journey that we're coming to with Stronger Every Day. In the book, on page 55, I have a beautiful story that was written long, long time ago 
in a classic devotional called Streams in the Desert, and it's known in Streams in the Desert only as February 9th. That's what it's known as. And it reads, If you can, find a quiet spot. Put your headphones on or your earphones in, and just allow these words to soak over you and to soak into your soul and create that Zao field, Z-A-O, Zao field, living water that Christ talks to us about in John 4. Are you ready? Let's take a couple deep breaths. Listen to an old and beautiful story of how one Christian dreamed that she saw three others at prayer. As they knelt, the master drew near to them. As he approached the first of the three, he bent over her in tenderness and grace, with smiles full of radiant love, and spoke to her in accents of purest, sweetest music. Leaving her, he came to the next, but only placed his hand upon her bowed head and gave her one look of loving approval. The third woman he passed almost abruptly without stopping for a word or glance. So the first woman, he bent over her in tenderness and grace, smiled at her with radiant love, and he spoke to her in the accents of pure sweet music. The next woman, he only placed his hand upon her head and gave her a look of loving approval. And the third woman, he passed almost abruptly without stopping for a word or glance. The woman in her dream said to herself, Oh, how greatly he must love the first one. To the second, he gave his approval, but none of the special demonstrations of love he gave the first. And the third must have grieved him deeply for he gave her no word at all, and not even a passing look. I wonder what she has done and why he made so much difference between them. As she tried to account for the action of her Lord, he himself stood by her and he said, Oh, woman, (laughs) how wrongly you have interpreted my actions. The first kneeling woman needs all the weight of my tenderness and care to keep her feet in my narrow way. She needs my love, thought, and help every moment of the day. Without it, she would fail and she would fall. The second has stronger faith and deeper love, and I can trust her to trust me, however things may go and whatever people do. But the third, whom I seemed not to notice, and even to neglect, has faith and love of the finest quality. And here I am training her by quick and drastic processes for the highest and holiest service. She knows me so intimately and trusts me so utterly that she is independent of words or looks or any outward intimation of my approval. She is not dismayed nor discouraged by any circumstances through which I arrange that she shall pass. She trusts me when sense and reason and every finer instinct of the natural heart would rebel. (laughs) Because she knows that I am working in her for eternity and that what I do, though she knows not the explanation now, she will understand hereafter. Dear Heartlifters, I needed this story today. I have been each of these three women. My 
faith journey has gone on now for four decades. That is 40 very long years. I've been the first woman, I've been the second woman, and I have been the third woman. And I feel at this point right now, I'm back in the third woman's posture because I don't feel his look or his glance. I don't see any outward intimations. So that means I have to trust that my heavenly father sees me, knows me, loves me, values me, and he is working in my life for something that is beyond my capacity to understand at the moment. So I have to surrender my expectations of how I think he should be moving in my life right now. I have to surrender mm, the outcomes of what I think they should be. I have to surrender myself, my mind, my soul, my body, my spirit, and just be quiet and be still and sit in the silence and acknowledge that he is my God. I offer the story to us, us, the stronger everyday, heart-lifting community, so that we can be prepared as we are embarking on our long, beautiful journey through Stronger Every Day, my book, to remind us that we're going to need to have the practice of stillness, silence, and solitude in place, and we're going to need to tuck it away for safekeeping, because there will be days ahead when you, dear Heartlifter, feel like you're being overlooked by God. An emotional healing journey, a faith journey, will bring us times of desolation, which we spoke a lot about in our conversation with Dr. Christy Galtier in Journey of the Soul. We will have periods of desolation, difficult times, hard, dark valleys where shadows loom. But we'll also have times of consolation where things are going well and we are filled with gratitude and we want to sit in gratitude with God in periods of stillness and silence and just give Him thanks. Rest assured that he sees you. When every finer instinct of the natural heart tells you to quit, (laughs) I want you to remember the story of these three women. Because at times you're going to be each of these women at different times. And God will be faithful to you in those different postures when you need him to be. But know that his silence is not his absence. In fact, his silence is probably more an indication of his presence. Until next time. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.